Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports. From the preps. And putting on the brakes there at third is Destiny Gonzalez with a three RBI triple. To the pros. Handoff. Neal hit behind the line. Still fighting. Still spinning. He's in. Boom. Touchdown, Jayhawks. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Breaking ball hammered deep to straightaway left field. Diaz back, looks up, it's out of here. Dyron Blanco's first career home run. A no-doubt blast to left at the Oakland Coliseum. And the 2-2. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Zach Geloff. 11 strikeouts for Cole Reagans, equaling a career high. And the pitch is a ground ball up the middle. Rogers has it. Flips to second for one. Tomar on the first. It's a double play. Two pitches hammered to left. That's how you take care of it, Elias. Gone to the bleachers. Touch of all time, Elias Diaz. Thursday morning, everybody. It is the Morning Blitz on 102.5 U-Rock, simulcasting AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Of course, online, nwksradio.net, the Rocking M app. Of course, a reminder, if you miss any of the shows, past shows, interviews you wanted to hear, didn't get to hear them or anything like that, check out our podcast. Available anywhere, the Morning Blitz with Ross Folk, or anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, whatever it may be, uh, download it today and subscribe. Love for you to follow the show as much as you possibly can. But glad you're with us on a Thursday morning. The warm day expected today. Temperatures once again in the mid-90s. But, you know, yesterday we had temperatures in the upper 90s. Today, mid-90s. Tomorrow, low 90s. And then Saturday, a glorious 74 degrees and a 60% chance of precipitation. So, looking forward to this weekend. Temperatures in the 70s, uh, I only hope. I only hope that that is the case. Uh, We've had a brutal week uh, of heat, that's for sure. Uh, Yesterday, spent some time in the Max Jones Fieldhouse uh, watching uh, the drink scrimmages for Goodland Cowgirl Volleyball and then went out, then went watch some of the uh, uh, Goodland football team a little bit uh, that night, which it was all kind of pushed back. You know, usually that starts at like 4.30, maybe with the girls volleyball and then, or 5 o'clock, and then they push into uh you know football kind of around 6 30 and that all kind of had to get pushed back a half hour to an hour or so because of the temperatures and it was it was hot in the max jones as one would expect it was hot outside uh there were people sweating everywhere i mean i do have to admit going back around eight o'clock watch something of the some of the football it was pretty gorgeous out at eight o'clock at night uh that worked out pretty well but uh it's been super hot and looking forward to this weekend with uh, a lot cooler temperatures. Uh, today's program, we continue our area high school football previews this Thursday. We're visiting with Hoxie head football coach Lance Barr. Look forward to visiting with Lance about the 2023 Indian football team that, you know, he's been there. I think this is his 15th year. Uh, and so he has uh, been there a long time. 
had a lot of success. He was brought home a lot of hardware there with Hoxie football at a program that really hadn't had a lot of success uh, prior to him being there uh, because of, you know, they think the changeover at the coaching position was a big deal, but that has changed. They've got great coaches there, uh, and Lance Barr heading him up now for over, you know, 10-plus years, uh, and they have a chance to be another a solid football team again here. So we'll visit with Lance Barr as we continue um, and once again, if you've missed any of those coaches' interviews, they're on our podcast page. I will be reposting those on our SoundCloud page coming up here once I get all of them in and done, which will be probably closer to middle of end of next week um, when we get more code. We still have more coaches to get to, including Weskins, Brett Clough, uh, Golden Plains' uh, Travis Smith. Uh, we're going to be visiting with Triplanes Brewster's Chris Kirk. Uh, and all next week, we'll get to Ryan Mosier and Jordan Mosier, no relation, but head coaches of Goodland and Colby as well to wrap up our area high school football previews uh, middle of next week. So we'll get to those guys. Uh, I'm looking to just kind of wrap up our area high school football preview as we lead into a uh, busy Friday. No, next week we'll also be visiting with um, uh, John Betts of Kansas Pregame Magazine. The magazine is now out uh, at all the locations that it usually is, you know, Pizza Hut, some other locations around uh, the local area. Uh, you can go pick up Next Tech Wireless. You can go pick those up. Uh, with John Betts and crew and their great pregame magazine that they put out every single year. We'll visit with him. I'm sure we'll get to Connor Nickel as well next week uh, as we get set to uh, dive full into the high school sports season, which really gets going on Monday. Uh, I know there was scheduled to be some tennis on Wednesday for, I know GHS, for example, had some tennis planned in Joaquini. That got postponed. And just with the heat this week, a lot of things have been postponed to later dates. And so, Really look at like Monday the, the 28th is when you really see a lot of the high school sports officially kick off. And we've got jamborees coming up here on Friday, uh, particularly the, uh, you know, Goodland and Colby and other teams coming to Goodland for the high school football jamboree. But uh, next week we'll pretty much begin uh, the first official week of, uh, of athletics. Uh, in, mo- in all sports. So uh, today's program, like I said, is with Lance Barr. Uh, we will get to the Rockies and Royals. We're going to get to some other headlines here in just a little bit, including some news out of Chiefs camp regarding Chris Jones. Um, and we'll also hit as well uh, a little bit later on um, just thoughts on going to the scrim- the uh, drink scrimmages, just thoughts on what I saw watching Goodland Cowgirl Volleyball and then a little bit of Goodland Cowboy Football. Did not see very much of it. The starters didn't only play to think about a series, uh, so really didn't get to draw much of that. We will know more coming up on after Friday with the uh, jamboree, but uh, we'll get you some thoughts on what I saw uh, going to those yesterday. Uh, but I want to start first and foremost uh, with the news in the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this was big news yesterday as defensive tackle Chris Jones indicated on social media that he is willing to continue his holdout until week eight. Um, and that then, and he's willing to forfeit his weekly game check. So he's willing to, you know, forfeit $1.1 million for, you know, eight weeks. You know, he's willing to forfeit over $10 million pretty much when it's all said and done, just so the fact that he can get a new deal. Um, Jones replied to fans through X, you know, formerly known as Twitter, Tuesday, he posted a photo that read, if it's out of your hands, it deserves freedom from your mind also. And so, as this ESPN article continues to, to read, you know, it's very difficult to see how serious Jones is and holding out until pretty much the middle of the season. And it's it's actually, I think it's surprising people. I, I really do. I, I think it's really surprising Patrick Mahomes. Uh, according to comments that he admitted that this holdout has lasted a longer than 
He anticipated this is what uh, Mahomes had to say, quote, I don't think anyone expected him not to be here now, but that's part of the contract negotiation stuff. I'm not looking down on him for anything like that. He has stuff that he's tried to get done that he feels like he needs to do to get done right now. I respect his decision, In quote. That was Mahomes talking about the situation. Andy Reid said, quote, there's been no communication, in quote, between Jones and, and him, so he's not sure what's going to happen with uh, the the star player on the Chiefs defense, one would say, especially on the defensive line. But this is this is a big this, – this story gets bigger and bigger the, the longer he holds out, obviously, because – He's a very big piece to this to the Chiefs' success. It, you know, you get the sense listening to Patrick Mahomes and seeing his comments, you know, and this has been all through camp, that he is very focused on wanting to repeat as Super Bowl champions. He is extremely focused in wanting to do that. He wants to be win back-to-back Super Bowls. It's extremely hard to do, but Patrick Mahomes believes that's something that he needs to do. And I am sure that no matter what Patrick Mahomes says in that quote a few moments ago, in his mind, he's got to think, this is not helping my cause for repeating. This is not helping my cause at all. Because if you're wanting to repeat, you need all hands on deck to get it done. And especially your star players. And when you look at the Chiefs team this year, you've got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones. You know, those guys there are considered star players for the Chiefs. You need all your stars to be there. And even if you don't have one of them, you're relying. And, you know, the Chiefs defensive line, if they don't have, if, if they don't have him, that defensive line continues to get thinner and thinner because they've got a suspended defensive lineman in, uh, I forget how to pronounce his name, Omenu or something, Omenu. He's, he's out for this year, or he's suspended for a while. If Chris Jones isn't there, they've got to fill it with Danny Shelton or Keandre Coburn. Uh, you know, George Karloftis is just in his second year. You know, Felix Anadike Uzoma is going to get a lot of love this year because I think of the suspension. By love, I mean he's going to get a lot of playing time. But, you know, the defensive, offensive and defensive lines are extremely important in the game of football. I've said it many, many times. Mass kicks ass. And if you don't have your defensive line together because of suspension or guys holding out, you're in a bad spot in that the Chiefs could get have some issues with that. They really could. So I I understand, I'm guessing if you visited with our, our friends and you know, whether it was Nick Athen or Jesse Newell, they'd probably sit there and say, ah, you know, it's it's somewhat of a deal, but it's not as big as those maybe you're making it out. Maybe so. I still think it's pretty big when you're losing a guy like Chris Jones to not be on that defensive front and anchored. I feel like when Chris Jones plays, it changes a game for the Chiefs. It changes a game. He is a game changer. When he doesn't play, all of a sudden the Chiefs become a little bit more ordinary. 
So anyway, that's something to keep in mind here today as the Chiefs are working their way through that with, with Chris Jones still on the holdout. We'll see on, on how that all shakes out. Uh, I, I also did see this yesterday. They were ESPN put out an article talking about or outlooking at the Big 12 football conference. And, you know, Kansas State got a little bit of love. Uh, they were talking about three transfers to know. One of them was Treshawn Ward, you know, hopefully replacing be the heir apparent to um, Deuce Vaughn. Uh, they talked about three positions to fill, uh, and Kansas State's wide receiver room is one of them that came up with Malik Knowles, Cade Warner, Deuce Vaughn, all those guys, great pass catchers, gone. Um, you got Phillips Brooks and a whole bunch of newcomers have got to come in and try and meet that standard that they had the last couple of years. So Kansas State got some love there and stuff, but I tell you, when it came to conference title game, they did not get any love. Uh, the two people that wrote this article, Bill Conley was one of them, and uh, Dave Wilson was the other. They both predicted that uh, you're looking at a Texas, either Texas, Texas Tech, or a Texas-Oklahoma Big 12 conference title game. This, why, is, why is everybody so in love with Oklahoma? Oklahoma did not have a good year last year. And what did they do besides bring people back again to try to do it? I Maybe it's maybe they're thinking, hey, a year, second year, Brent Venables is is going to be a humongous leap and jump forward. It wasn't a good year at all by Oklahoma standards last year. Not even close. And if you think they're going to jump from being a middle of the pack to lower bottom half of the Big 12 to contending for the title this year with more good competition in it, joining the light with UCF and uh, BYU and all those teams getting in. Now, once again, Oklahoma also has the easiest schedule in the Big 12. We've talked about that weeks ago, which that's probably a reason why. But I don't know what the love is with Oklahoma. I get it with Texas Tech. Texas Tech was a team that was on the fringe last year. They bring a lot of guys back. They are building in the right direction. Oklahoma has a lot of, had a lot of negative momentum last year, now going into this year. So... I am intrigued. I am intrigued to see how this all pans out uh, with the Big 12 Conference. So I just I thought that was interesting to see what what other people are saying about the Big 12 Conference. So um, um, we'll see. Once again, uh, people are expecting a big rebound year from Oklahoma. I just don't know if I see that quite yet. Just don't know if I see that quite yet. But I could also see. I really could also see Kansas State, uh, you know, not falling off completely, but falling off a little bit to where they don't make the Big 12 title game. I could see that. Once again, you lose a very key piece like Deuce Vaughn, and uh, and that that kind of stuff can happen. But once again, I continue to get pulled back up by the fact they've got a really good offensive line. You can do a lot with a good offensive line. So I thought that was interesting to see. Uh, real quickly before we get to break, I want to get some thoughts in on uh, drink scrimmage yesterday for. Uh, Goodland High School was out there yesterday. Once again, uh, conducting some interviews with all the area co- with the, sorry with our Goodland coaches and then a few of a uh, few of the athletes for the fall sports. And once again, I'll have that stuff posted on our SoundCloud page coming up probably early next week uh, when I get it when I get it posted and you can hear all those interviews and hear from the kids and the coaches. But uh, I just wanted to get some thoughts first and foremost. I was watching first and foremost in the interviews. Uh, I was very impressed with uh, Goodland Cross Country sophomore runner Jason Gable. She seems like someone who is very much, after missing qualifying for state by just a couple seconds, very motivated to be better. I mean, this is a young lady who apparently went to camp, a running camp in Colorado, 
uh, up in the mountains and took it was four days there learning about how to condition yourself, be better in shape, all this stuff. She's she's very very competitive, and she you know in last night when they ran in the halftime of the football game, you know she beat everybody, including the boys. Now, I'm not saying that results in her going to make it to state, no, but. Uh, I think she's very driven, and that's a, that can do a lot for you when you're extremely driven. So I thought that really stood out to me yesterday, uh, talking about that. Uh, the other things that stood out to me, watching uh, Goodland Cowgirl Volleyball, it's just it's going to be a different year. It just is. I, and everybody know, knows knew that, knows that. It's, it's not, and I'm not trying to take anything away from this year's group of kids in no way, shape, or form. It's just going to be a different year. Last year, you had three unbelievable stars, you know, and, and more, really. You know, you were throwing Jordan Owens, but you had, for sure, you had Telexa Weeder, Lindsey Cure, Olivia Lehman. You had one of the top kills leader in the, in the school history, one of the top blocks and kills leader in the school history, had the assist leader, one of the best top assist people in the state in Olivia Lehman. And you've got to replace all that, and that's going to take time. It just will take time to get that done. It's going to take, so I, you know, Brooklyn Ivins is moving from being kind of a defensive specialist to now being a, a setter, and you can kind of tell that she's got a little bit of, you know, she's they've she's got to continue to work on her craft there, still figuring out that craft there. I know. Uh, Listening to Coach, or talking with Coach Brumbaugh, Hannah Kumaril is going to do some setting as well. But you know, you had a really great setter, and now you've got one that's that's they, that they've got it. They've got two that they've got to work their way through these growing pains and figure it out. You know, you lost some of your top attackers. I know Jaxie Mitchek is back, and that's huge. She's a really good attacker. I thought, I think it's Alyssa Rickard. My goodness, she had some great attacks. Last night, she looked really good. That could be a nice surprise piece for the Goodland Cowgirl volleyball team. She flashed out the meat to most with a couple of really good kills. I know one was in and one was out, but you can just kind of see it. You're just like, that looked good. That looked good. Great jump, great approach, great jump, great swing. And uh, the ball went to the floor. I I was impressed by that. They're going to, you know, Haley Beerman's got a lot of experience on the back end defensively. But they're they're just going to be filling in a lot of pieces. Um, you know, they've, they've got some other girls who are going to try and fill in varsity roles and, and they maybe haven't played as much varsity in the past. It's just going to be a different team. You know, as, as I said, you've, you've, you all have to be a great defensive team. In volleyball, you need to be a great defensive team, you know, great digging, great passing. Um, I believe you need to be a great serving team. Uh, but, and, and then, you know, it's hard to be a great attacking team sometimes because you may not have the size, the athleticism to do it. Here's the thing. Goodland, the past few years, has been a great attacking team because of the size and the athleticism that they had at the net. This year, they're not going to have the same size they've had. Rare teams do. Now they're back to being more of your typical size team. So they need to be, once again, extremely focused on being very, very good defensively in passing, digging, all that stuff. need to be very focused on serving, not giving away free points on stuff in the net uh, and service errors. You, you've got to be really good and then take advantage of, you know, you got to almost force the other team to even more make, have them make mistakes before you do. So it's just going to be a different year for Goodland Calgary Volleyball. That's, that's nothing bad. They could still have great success. They could still have great success. Uh, but it's just going to be a different year in the, in the way that they play. And, and, Ken, and Coach Brumbaugh is still kind of figuring out the, put, uh, the way to put the pieces in the right spot so that they can have the most success that they can with this different group. 
because it's going to be different than what it was in previous years without all that size up front. And then, you know, shifting over to football, which I didn't see a lot of of the varsity, I admit. I, I kind of got in late. I was helping get the kids to bed because it was 8 o'clock when it was supposed to kick off, and I think they started that a little bit earlier. So I didn't see much of the varsity. We'll have more of a report on that. So the only real takeaway I can have from the football side of things is that the junior varsity, particularly the freshman and sophomore classes, they're fast. Holy cow. There is some great speed. Great speed for the Goodland Cowboys up and coming. You know, Jackson Miller is a phenomenal strider. Um, Armando Saucedo is extremely quick in tight spaces. He reminds me of a young Manny Gonzalez. So they've got great quickness and speed, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the up and coming classes. That's one thing. May not be the biggest, but boy, they are fast. I will give them that. And, uh, you know, the VAR, and one thing I said, just kind of watching some of the guys on the sideline, you know, some guys have taken advantage of the weight room over the past year, not just the summer, the past year. You know, Lincoln Cure looks bigger. Red Irick continues to get bigger. Um, and then, uh, you know, give a lot of credit to like Gavin Price. He's looked a lot. He looks big. He's put some weight on, and he looks good. And there's some guys that have worked hard in the weight room to put to, to better themselves, to be more physical this year, and it shows. And hopefully they can stay healthy and contribute this year. Um, and the offensive line looks a bit bigger. It's going to be young again, but I think that's a great thing. I think, once again, if you can continue to build this young offensive line so by the time they're juniors and seniors, you're going to have yourself a great O-line. That's, that's huge. I can't remember the last time that Goodlands had a position like that where they have – Young offensive linemen, they're usually always playing seniors that just get one year of starting, and that's it. To build this offensive line from youth to, to maturity, would I think, would lead to better success down the road. So just a few st- thoughts there from drink scrimmage night last night there here in Goodland. I was just checking that out. and I, I look forward to Friday watching the Jamboree, seeing Colby, seeing Goodland, seeing other area teams coming and facing those squads, and seeing how they all stack up in the Jamboree scenario here on Friday. All right, we're right at the bottom of the hour. Let's take a timeout. We come back. Uh, we'll be joined by Lance Barr, Hoxie High School head football coach. Talk to him about the upcoming season for the Indians. You're listening to the Morning Blitz.